Welcome in to Paydirt Sports. This is Will Dunnett. I got Nick Trucial, and we've got a special uh, episode here. Our friend Seth Coggin has come back to join us. Uh, we're doing this one over Zoom. So, guys, don't forget, uh, Paydirt, we are part of the Six Pack Coverage Network. So, go check them out. But, guys, kind of cool. We got, we're really covering the Southeast here. We got, I'm here in Nashville. <laughs> Seth's out in Bentonville, Arkansas. Trucial's yes, down in New Orleans this week. Yeah, so we got to, we're covering all the areas. We're covering all the areas, and I mean the. Uh, That's like the Bermuda Triangle right there. Nashville, Northwest. Up right now. Yeah, they got to be fired up right now. I mean, we're we're covering across the country. I mean, we're laying it out on the line for you guys here. You want, so you want uh, real people out here in the South covering covering their sports? That's us, right? Exactly, right, exactly. Just some I'm, absolute road dogs. I'm ready to go right on Bourbon Street. We've been having a good time. Um, there we go. Look, New Orleans is ready for pay dirt, so uh, I hope the listeners oh, wow. are as ready as I am. And the rest yeah, of the New Orleans experience. Yeah, we might have to start expanding soon, pay dirt worldwide. We'll see. Pay dirt, yeah. Yeah. No. Pay dirt no. SEC, at least. Let's at least cover the footprint. Yeah, for sure. All right, Seth. Uh, Seth, it's Seth. been a while since you've shown up on an episode, so glad yeah. to have you I, here. I, I've only been on the first one. Yeah. So here, catch us up a little. What you've been up to? How's Arkansas? How's everything going? Hey, Arkansas. Arkansas is is a great place. It's uh, it's, it's my personal place to be. You know, everyone kind of has their place to be. You know, you can be anywhere. You have a lot of fun anywhere. That's my personal place to be. Razorbacks are on the up. Six straight wins in basketball. A nine and four football season. You know, I have a buddy of mine, and uh, he made a bet with me a few years back. Not even a bet, in an argument, out of spite. And, oh, he's been on the show. Yeah, Swath. Y'all know Swath. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The lawyer. Swath's hot takes have uh, found their way onto the show. The man, like two years ago, out of just pure spite, because I beat him in an argument. What I did was I beat him in a Jordan versus LeBron argument. He'll never admit that I beat him, but he was so mad that I beat him. He said he cursed. He almost cursed Arkansas. He said, Arkansas will never win nine games in your lifetime, in our lifetime. I was there. It was awesome. It's true. He was proven wrong. We we went nine and four. I mean, yeah, we didn't go nine. We didn't win nine in the regular season, but screw it, dude. We won the Outback Bowl. Nine wins is nine wins. That's what, no, he claims now that it's a not, they won't win nine regular season games. So now he's changed my stipulations. Nine wins is nine wins. Nine wins counts. But, hey, we'll win more next year and prove them extra wrong. Like, I'll I'll be be all right with that. Yeah. No, but I'm good. Sell golf carts now. So, uh, big industry of the golf cart world, back at it. Back in the golf industry. Sticking around around (laughs) that one for now. But, yeah, uh, that's good. Yeah, chill. Good to hear, man. Good to hear. But, but yeah, so we'll – here, let's kick it off, guys. We're going to basically talk – little conference championship this week, this episode, and then we have a special guest coming in a little later. But, uh, guys, which one – what do we want to kick it off with first? You want to go NFC or AFC to start it off? I say as – I watched more of the AFC to be 100%. Yeah, let's kick off with some AFC because, I mean, Chiefs Bengals was unreal. Coming back 21-3, Burrow's got a – he's got some nuts on him, man. I mean, that dude is – just like stone cold killer throw anything at him you really don't seem to care throw anything at him he's been sacked the most times in the nfl out of any team this year um has gone through as much adversity as you could ask a guy and he's uh he's shown up he's a winner i mean he, he wanted a, a d1 acc national championship level uh he's the joking. guy was talking about how 
Arrowhead doesn't even live up to the <laughs> SEC stadiums. So I don't know. know. I've been to Arrowhead. Seen everything. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty loud. <laughs> I mean, it Those gets people loud. get pretty riled up. Yeah. Anyway, I want to talk about that for a second. So I don't know if he specifically said Arrowhead. Maybe he did recently. But, yeah, Burrow came out, and they, everyone was quoting him saying these, like, SEC stadiums get way louder than any of these NFL stadiums do. And some people had a problem with it or were maybe surprised. But my thing is, yeah, I mean, yeah, most probably, of these SEC honestly. stadiums are – are bigger. Well, and think are about the numbers. Packed. Just just yeah. the numbers. You, in a Neyland or a, a Bryant Denny or something, that's a hundred thousand. That's that's thirty thousand yeah. more than like Titans at max capacity is seventy. It's like 70. Yeah. First of all, can we talk about how the Titans really need like we're about to redo the stadium, right? Like that's about to be yeah. Like, yeah. Why don't we first? Well, we really should make it a true coliseum. Like make it look like a like a coliseum. We already have the Parthenon. Pair that with just this freaking intimidating coliseum uh, and put like 100,000, bro. Nashville's big enough now. Why don't we need a 65,000 person stage? <laughs> yeah, make it 100, make it 120K. Uh, if we can fill it up, that'd be sweet. 120K. That's like Bristol. That's like numbers. I want it to keep going up. So, like the big, big games, like the AFC Championship, we actually pit, put like 130K. All the way up. Well, and so here's know. here's another thing regarding the stadiums. So say say you have the same number of seats or something. Are you trying to argue that – are people surprised? Are they, are they assuming that NFL fans are, like, louder than college fans for some reason? Yeah. Like, what is that I even – I don't know why anyone took offense to that. He was yeah, like – I've kind of always felt like college fans were a little more passionate, meaning yeah. like in yeah. the big we, games they're going to be louder. You're just invested in the games. I mean, you got – people that have a true investment in their school, a true investment in their well, at least half the, it, Well, maybe not half, but at least, you know, a quarter of the stadium is a bunch of rowdy, drunk college kids. Like, yeah. not a lot of people are going to be louder than that, you know? It, yeah. It's tough to match that. Uh, match that Intensity uh, week to week, too. Like, decibel like, on the it, sound it, system. NFL fan bases, they get – like, playoff games, they do. Like, it, right. it does get crazy. It is, that's pretty intense. But, like, you can go 10 weeks out of the year to <laughs> to somewhere – yeah, at most SEC schools, especially if they're doing well. Well, because every and, game matters. You get yeah. that. Every game matters. Yeah, you, you just get that true, like, intensity in the crowd, like, just turned up. Yeah. But let, here, let's hop into – we'll talk a little yeah. about the actual game. But, yeah, Trucio, you mentioned – you know, down 21-3, Chiefs looked like they had it in the bag. A lot of people were picking the Chiefs to win just because of what the Titans did to oh, yeah. Bengals' offensive line. <laughs> well, that you just know? shows you how good the Titans are. And really looking at it defensively and from a whole team standpoint, besides quarterback, I mean, I'll take the Titans roster over any team all day long. Any team all day long. It stacks up. It definitely stacks up. And, I mean, it's tough because, obviously, you got the bad taste in your mouth from losing to Burrow and then the fact that he beats Kansas City. Yeah. Mahomes throws the pick in overtime. He has a bad turnover in the second half. It's just like well, – and you look at the same thing with Jimmy G from uh, the, the Niners throwing away that uh, Rams game. I mean, it's just the team that has the elite quarterback that has the goal to play through those tough plays and just go out there and get a win. I mean, that's kind of what it is, 
what it has come down to at this point. See, and I said last week when we talked about when we were talking about the Titans, I basically said I think this roster as is can win a Super Bowl. Like Tannehill can do that if everything around him is perfect. Like if all the play calling matches up, if all that works. Because and I still believe that. That's what made me a little upset watching yeah, the Bengals beat the Chiefs because I was like, this is a game we could have won in yeah. Nashville. However, we see, and like you said, Trucia, with Jimmy G, you see these other quarterbacks, they can elevate you to, hey, not everything has to be perfect. I'm good enough to – I'm going to take this team to the Super Bowl. Like, not just we're yeah. – like, like, we as a team are going to a Super Bowl. I'm going to take this team to a Super Bowl. And I think that's what kind of separates – Titans, Niners versus, you know, the teams that are in the Super Bowl now. Yeah, exactly. I think the, the quarterback performance, like you've talked about quarterbacks. I feel like one of the best ones was Josh Allen. Like yeah. last week, like he could not, you couldn't have had a quarterback play better and you still lost. Like yeah. that's just a crazy thing. That's the way that you felt about the, the Chiefs game going when they got the, yeah. Toss against the yeah, Bengals. They they tweeted, oh, we got the toss. Everybody's dude. If they had won back to back overtimes because yeah. they won the toss, it would have been. I would. I mean, well, fans would have been berate. Yeah. They would have changed the overtime rule. I think. Yeah, I think I they. Have, it would have, have been, been enough to change it. So it's kind of good it happened because now you're like, okay, well, it's proven to work. Like someone yeah. can't yeah. stop one of the best offenses in the league. Yeah, that play. That play right before halftime was was bad. Like, yeah. When the Chiefs didn't either kick it, at least get through that like, terrible what are they pass doing? to Tyreek. That was that terrible was, play. That was that's really a, bad. That's, that's what, a, I don't like it either. If you're going to run a play like that before half, throw the ball in the end zone. That's a Todd Downing call right there. Yeah. That's a Todd but Downing are we, call. Are we riding, like, is Downing going to be the guy next year? I think so. As of right now, in which he led the Raiders to one of the worst offensive yes. stretches of all time. I mean, you see Carr coming out and making noise and making these big plays right after downing leaves, yeah. and it's like, eh, yeah. something – there's something the, the here. Titans, the Titans almost became more confusing this year because they actually got the one seed. Like, because they yeah. actually were like, no, over a full season, we were the best team in football. And then, yeah, we lose in the postseason, but it's like, are the coaches good? Like, just we, – we end on such a sour note that it's like – yeah, because you have Vrabel as coach kind of, of the twists, year. It's like, yeah, it like yeah. twists your pretzel, my brown brain. Big dog. The last thing yeah. I, the last thing I remember is like absolutely sucking and just terrible. Like just yeah, no. playing, playing awful. But we, I mean, we saw them do that a few times that this year. Like we saw them lose to terrible teams. Yeah, like, we saw them when they were bad. It just looked, oh man. I know we keep we keep drawing our AFC. I think we all kind of expected to be here. I think that's really what it is. Yesterday. I expected I did. I really expected to be in the Super Bowl, which is awesome being a Titans fan to expect that. Like legitimately. And I'll go into next year expecting that again. And oh one hundred percent. That is a that is a that is a true testament. And I don't like want to soften like losing in the playoffs as a one like that sucks like that is bad that's a bad look on the the coaches like that's that's bad but just that way they've elevated the franchise to like no next year i'm literally going in like so we actually have expectations yeah 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 and and that now you have to deliver that's when now they've done everything to build the foundation they've done it step by step 
but they're they're just building in it. But kind of next year, the next two years is is it for that? You know, you built the expectation. Now you have to deliver on that. You can't just right. linger on that. Like you've made yourself not accept mediocrity. Like Jeff yeah. and them were mediocre for a long time because they were kind of like, hey, we made the playoffs. Like yeah. whoa, hey, we're eight and eight. Hey, we want some. But like now you've stated yourself like no we want to be a super bowl contending team you can't you can't win 12 or 13 games or 11 12 or 13 games and then just not win in the playoffs because now yeah like you said when you're nine and seven and you like squeak into the playoffs and you win a game or you don't it's like okay we're kind of happy to be here but no yeah you're right you totally have built this expectation for yourself that hey we're one of the best teams in the league so if we do lose it's a major disappointment What's, what cups you got there, Will? I've actually got my Titans Cup, Stadium Cup from this year. It's got oh, a this season. Yeah, it's got yeah. Big Jeff, Bud Dupree. Oh, dude! Oh, way, to hype, way to hype the D line. They've been legit. I got a 2009 <laughs> Titans Cup. 2009, baby. That was a good year too. Actually, wait. Hey, that's when they had the Oilers uniforms, I guess. Cause, yeah. But hey, hey, someone even said that to me yesterday in Arkansas. They're like, hey, I wait. I can't wait for them to bring the. I wish they had the Oilers uniforms back. Are they going to bring them back next year? Isn't yeah. there a rule that yeah. sets that up? Because no, we get next, to wear yeah, it's different next helmets. season that they're going to wear them. Which be great. makes me believe it's a Super Bowl season. So. <laughs> oh, man. I'm always happy to see the signs. Uh, the Oilers uniforms, Nick, you going to like those? You, you like oh, the yeah. Oilers look? So I've got a – I went to the uh, Houston-Tennessee game. I think it was – it was whatever game we had them at home. They handed out the old Oilers – uh, flags. So I hung that up in my room um, and have that going on the back of my Zoom at all times. And uh, I've gotten a lot nice. of commentary of some uh, old Houston Oilers fans kind of jumping most, on the bandwagon. Yeah, are they Titans? Do they like the Titans? Yeah, they no. Like the it, I mean, it's their franchise. It's all Titans. I have not. <laughs> like, that was their franchise. That, yeah. We hear about the, the BS of the Texans trying to claim the Titans franchise, the Oilers. In yeah. any old bull that you talk to that is a, a, a fan of Earl Campbell, Warren Moon, some of those great Oilers teams in the 70s and 80s, they're all Titans. I mean, they're no, they're not Texas fans. They know exactly yeah. where that franchise came from. That's they awesome. know exactly. It's Bud Adams. Bud yeah. Adams was the owner. Dude, shout of out Amy teams. Adams. Amy Adams Strunk has absolutely Gee. come in and filled the spot as best as could be. Um, and Bud Adams was a crazy owner, uh, just kind of, we had a lot of fun with him, but I feel like Amy Adams <laughs> has come no, in and man. just built that solid foundation. Uh, you, uh, dude, there is a direct turn. Like when she took over, like it is I mean, a she's been night a killer. and day. It has been a she's night been and day difference. I didn't, I wasn't killer. like, I didn't know about her either when she first came on. Cause I was thinking, is this like a money grab? They just don't want to lose the whole franchise. They don't want to lose the ownership and everything. But no, she's doing better I mean, she, than she anyone knows really could have asked for. She knows football. Like you, yeah. you can go and say that all this BS that she inherited from her dad, yada, 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 all this stuff. I mean, you look at the numbers and you look at the success. Amy Adams Strunk cares about this team. She knows football. It has done an incredible job with the franchise, yeah. tied in she with Rabel and J. Rob. Yeah, she puts the right people in charge. That's that's, that's great. Exactly. What a great great leader does is put the correct people in they, charge. Of they know they the need to times control. to yeah. take a step back and say, yeah. "Hey, 
I've owned this franchise. I've made the decisions to put the right people in place, know the right things. I trust in them to go do the work that I envisioned. And I think Amy Adams Strunk has uh, really bought into that kind of mindset of letting her team members and her teammates go to work and just uh, build this franchise from something that used to be embarrassed when the Chiefs and the Raiders and everybody used to come here to Nashville and there'd be more more away fans than uh, the home fans. And I, I think that notion has kind of gone away a little bit. And, and a lot of that comes from Amy Adams Strong. I mean, you can give a lot of the credit uh, to, to her and her staff. So I'm excited to have her as a, our uh, ownership team. And yeah, ownership we, march with, we march with Amy, bro. We back, I'm we back Amy. Amy. She's a killer, yeah. man. She's a killer. Yeah. Whatever, whatever she's whatever she chooses she'll fire people she ain't afraid to like she'll fire who needs to get fired too yeah yeah like like, people ain't living up like everyone's done a pretty good job like main leadership guys like j-rob and and, and however i will say i think she was the one back when Mariota was still here and people were kind of wanting him out i think vrabel and j-rob wanted Mariota out earlier than they took him out but amy vrabel did for sure she had that she had to handle the transition. See, that's what she did. She allowed. Well, you get, you're she not allowed right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all right. Well, how about how about Matt Stafford? Yeah, why don't we talk Matt, a little NFC? We we yeah. talked about Joe Burrow and the goal that he has to go make those plays, and the the Cincinnati defensive line shut up big. But why don't we talk they, about Stafford did, a little they bit? Shut, they shut the Chiefs. Out. That Three is, points in the second half, man. Well, second they had like thirty-four. They, they had like thirty-five yards. Like they, yeah. the Chiefs, they like Patrick Mahomes. Like that is. They talk so much about Patrick Mahomes. Like he and he has earned all like all the praise he has. But you cannot have thirty-five yards at home at total offense in the second half trying to go to the Super Bowl. That's game plan too, man. Yeah, yeah. it's all of it. Not Matt Stafford, though. One Not year Matt out of Stafford. Detroit, we'll and talk, he's in the Super Bowl. We'll talk a little NFC here. I mean, Stafford, the country's got to be rooting for the guy. I, I've been on the Rams all year long. Uh, you've seen that. Any of you pay dirt listeners uh, got the dub if you took the Rams uh, division winner. And then uh, Vrabel, coach of the year as well, uh, put that yeah, out there. Sure. You're on fire so, there. Uh, I'm on days. fire with some of these futures. I haven't put out some picks recently, but some of these futures are starting to hit, man. I, I have a <laughs> feeling, and it's uh, it's going well. But going back to the NFC here, uh, Stafford in the second half, I mean, he showed what it takes to be a franchise quarterback. You have the the dropped interception from Tart. Or, uh, yeah. So that I mean that changes things. Stafford, his yeah, arm that's isn't true. The narrative's there. a lot different. The narrative's it, a lot different if he gets picked off there. Yeah, I mean he should have gotten picked off there and lost the game, honestly. But they dropped it, and Stafford isn't going to make that mistake again. They got their one chance to go get that play, and uh, you, I saw Tart kind of talking to the the press and the media team after, and he put the loss all on himself. Um, and that's kind of interesting because a lot of people are saying they love to see that out of Tartan, which they would have loved to see out of Tannehill yeah. after the uh, kind of rough play in the uh, AFC divisional round. But Niners were there. Their uh, r- run offense looked pretty bad. Elijah Mitchell had like 
12 carries for 20 yards or something like that. Couldn't get anything going. Besides, Debo obviously made some Debo plays. Had a good game. Debo, uh, like Will's been saying this whole time, I mean, the dude is unreal. You give him the ball in open space and it's game time. I mean, the, the dude probably can play. One of, one of the only guys on the field, there's probably some, may, maybe a Jalen Ramsey or someone, but besides that, you could put Debo Samuel anywhere on the field and good things will happen. Yeah. Just find a way to give him the ball and, I mean, and that's, something will happen. We're going to see that in the NFL coming from here on out. We're going to see some crappy franchises taking shots on big receivers here, like a, a Jacksonville or a, a yeah. Detroit or a Miami or, or a, those type of teams trying to chase that Debo Samuel-type-esque player. And I feel like we're going to see a lot of busts here coming soon because it's so tough to get a guy yeah, like Debo. There ain't many of him. There ain't he's many a, Debos. It's like a D. Henry or like a guy like that that you just give the ball and say, hey, we need 15 yards. We need 20 yards right now. Yeah. We're begging you to go get it. And well, they should have given it to him more. <laughs> they yeah, like, well, second half, like, give it to him more. All it is is, hey, this guy's our best player. Let's give him the ball. Like, yeah. say, say the Titans, if we didn't have a running back, like if Foreman was out, if Henry was out, if they wanted to put A.J. Brown at running back, I think everyone would be like, yeah, sure. Let him let him run the yeah. ball a little bit, you know? Give it to yeah. find the most athletic guy on the field if you don't have a running back and just give him the ball. Hand it to him and let him run around. Let the best player have the ball. Yeah. <laughs> like, let it – we look oh, at cool. Henry have some of these uh, touchdown passes too. You just give him the ball in Wildcat and let him go to work. The dude, dude can run the yeah. King Cat, man. What? What? Like third and one? Just King run cat. the King Cat. Let him, let him go run King the Cat. Oh, man. Um, you think, do you think the Titans could have won the game, could win? If Derrick Henry took every snap at quarterback, the best, so, best yeah, overall maybe. team. Maybe. Oh, I think we could do pretty good. He can hand off to Deontay Foreman and stuff too. Like yeah. we have, jump pass we have a second. There. Yeah, we literally have. If Derrick Henry was handing off to Foreman and then run, like also running the King Cat and also run, throwing a few passes, like he's obviously been competent at passing. You can throw a seam route to a tight end. Let that tight end. That's what I'm saying. The dude's got a pretty good offense. The dude's got a Madden card at quarterback. Yeah. Henry has a Madden card at quarterback. That's all you need to say. He's made passes. He's made plays. The dude, you put the ball in his hands, and he just has fun with it. It's so much. It's so awesome to just watch him go to work. It is awesome. It was so dude when he got introduced the other day. Oh man, that was so sick. No. It was insane, but I mean, bring it back a little bit to the yeah. We always, yeah, we always go in the back playoffs. To the We're talking a lot of fo- uh, Tennessee football here, um, but man, I'm excited about the Rams and I'm excited about the Bengals. This is the best Super Bowl we could have asked for. Uh, hey, shout but, out six one five. Shout out to the Rams. You know, they shout got, out to uh, the Rams. Van shout Jefferson, out Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey. Shout out Van Jefferson. Six one five. They got was, more. I think I thought they had one more. They probably do have one more. I can't remember it right off the top of uh, my head. But, yeah, at least Pater style here down in Nashville, Tennessee. We do have some players like Van Jefferson making noise from Ravenwood, Jalen Ramsey making noise from uh, Brentwood Academy. So it's awesome to see some of these uh, some of these local players get the chance to play on the biggest stage in the world and uh, take care of business. Yeah, a, a couple stats I wanted to share. We, we were talking about Matt Stafford earlier. I mean, the fact that 
He spends his entire career with Detroit, takes a beating. I think of the clip of him winning a game in overtime with a dislocated shoulder. Like, yeah, he goes out. He was a Detroit warrior. Yeah, they get to the playoffs one time, I think, and can't win. Yeah, he goes to a team one year. He leaves the Lions one year. He's in the Super Bowl. That's all it took. Like, that's what Matt Stafford, to me, I don't care if he wins a Super Bowl or not. This has proven to me that Matt Stafford is up should be included in the conversation with that upper echelon of quarterback. Not not necessarily a, a Brady or a Manning, maybe, but I would put him He's above, right say, there. like a I would put him above a Philip Rivers or something. Throw him yeah. in there with a Drew Brees, maybe. Anyone yeah. with one Super Bowl, I would throw yeah. in Matt Stafford with, yeah, even I mean, without one. Some people uh, were kind of saying that. Aaron Rodgers is going to be the next Mahomes slash kind of Stafford to win one Super Bowl and then just never really be able to put it all together again. I kind of I could see that with Mahomes, but I feel like Stafford and the Rams kind of have something going here. They could be dangerous the next three or four years because as I don't know. I think they got about two years. I think they might could be they might could roll again next year. Wait, so are you saying lasted longer than we thought? Are you saying it's more likely Mahomes or I think it's more likely Rodgers gets a second before Stafford gets a second? Ammo. Really? Wait, so Trusha, what what was your original point? You were saying Stafford could be the next one to just win one or? Yeah, so I was saying more Mahomes because obviously Stafford has been in the league since 09, has had plenty of chances. Okay, Okay. you're saying, yeah. I think Mahomes could potentially be that guy that like Like Rodgers he won in 2011 Mahomes wins in what is it 2018 2019 um and Andy Reid Andy I'm not big on Andy Reid I think he's terrible with time management AFC championships just just like he was with Philadelphia he wasted so many of those years with Donovan McNabb made it to a Super Bowl had everything going could never close the deal he got so lucky. Well, not so lucky because you can't say it's so lucky. He made the choice to get Mahomes in there and go, but it kind of seems like his talent. Andy Reid is a good coach, but I, I think he makes those mistakes in game that kill him in the postseason in the long run. See, I don't know. I don't know because you, there are a lot of parallels to the Chiefs and the Aaron Rodgers Packers. Yeah. Because I was going to say this Chiefs team is going to be like they're set. They're going to be in the conversation for the next five to 10 years. As long as Mahomes is there and you have guys like Kelsey and Hill and even Hardman, you know, as long as you have that going, you're always going to be one of the, you know, kind of four, probably three or four teams people are going to pick to win the Super Bowl every year. But you could also say that probably about the Packers with Rodgers oh, yeah, ever Packers since, yeah, know, 10 years ago. Five odds for the past 10 years. Yeah, and they, they've been good, they, but yeah. they haven't won the Super Bowl. Oh, well, so lose five NFC championships. I just – I have a hard time it, – it's hard to say that that will be the same because the Chiefs will most likely be in the conversation and have a chance at it every year. You just have to think – I think they're going to be in the – running for it the next 10 years probably so it's like can you just win a one or two out of 10 maybe right i I mean you have to think he probably gets puts at least i i would say he gets at least one more like i i i would be hard pressed for me to to say he goes the next 10 years and doesn't win one super bowl that's what i'm saying 
but I don't, I really don't think he's going to reel off. Like people were just talking about him reeling off seven or eight, you know, like being like this transcendental quarterback that like change and like, he's had really good opportunities the last four years and he's got one ring. Like, I mean, like that's not, it's not always going to be that window. Like he took yeah. a massive, massive contract. You can't just keep bringing in studs. Like it's, well, it's yeah, hard to surround yourself. $45 million off the salary cap here. Cause yeah. he only took. That, that hasn't even, that hasn't even started hitting yet. Like, yeah. It was 7 million a, this year. That's what I'm saying. He wasn't a cat million. That's it. You're for not, this year. So they got forty-five million on the books next year. Like that is going to be crazy. That's massive. Like that's massive. That's like that's not that you can still still probably put together a few good pieces, but you're missing out on all those middle. Like you need just like to fill your roster with just like quality quality players, and you're going to lose a lot. Like you're you're going to lose them. Yeah, you're going to be trying to fill. It's going to be Patrick Mahomes, the few big stars I bet, and then like practice squad guys. They like they won't even like you're just signing minimums exactly it's like um rogers and Devontae adams and then before that jordy nelson um and some of those uh, randall cobb some of those other players it's going to be mahomes and kelsey and then you're i think tyree could get paid somewhere else you have some of those other receivers go chase a little bit more money as they've made a little bit more name of themselves byron pringle and miko hardman um I feel like you see those guys go chase five, eight million from a team like Detroit or a team like Cleveland that is willing to pay a receiver that much when they've shown some talent on Kansas City's team. I mean, you just have to get so much buy-in from the players and so much buy-in from the team. It's going to be hard to keep together the 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 Chiefs core group that they've put together yeah, to kind of be around these playoff runs. You have one more you have like a disappointing postseason next year. Like say they lose in the first round next year or something. Or at least like the divisional round. And then it's like, well well look at this. Like what are we like are they gonna turn on Andy Reid? Like could you see them being like, well we have Mahomes. Like let's get Reed out of there. Like he's the one that always disappoints in the postseason because he does have a history of that. Like He's had really good teams, and he never can like he won one, but he's been around. Like obviously, he's a good coach. Like getting, yeah, he's been to two Super Bowls. Went to the Super Bowl with Philly in 04, Um, and went to well, he's the only coach to go to four straight um, conference championships with two different teams. Or, or what if Mahomes gets hurt for a year? You know, what if he gets 100%. hurt, and, and then you're paying a guy forty five million dollars to sit on the bench, do nothing, and then you just lose some. Uh, I don't know. You just lose. It's hard to jump back into being that elite. Like the NFL well, is, also, is tough. You are you you're, look you're at, down for a year and, and it, you're just off. <laughs> you look at a, the kind of the way Tannehill finished though, and it makes you want to go chase that big quarterback and go chase that guy that can make big plays. Yeah. So it's kind of you're stuck in between here when you see some of these massive, big name, big contract quarterbacks piss the game away, throw interceptions, and play terribly. And then make an argument to pay somebody more than you're paying Tannehill. So it's – I mean, let's look at – the quarterback is so hard. Like, Stafford is an exception because he is with a team that didn't draft him in the quarter – in, like, the uh, Super Bowl. But I feel like that probably – that doesn't happen that often. Like, can you think of many times where guys in, in a Super Bowl not just, like, has some success – 
like truly is taking a team to the Super Bowl. I mean, Tom Brady did it. Okay, yeah. he did it last year with the Bucks, but that's a little different because he had taken to the Patriots. He got drafted by the Patriots. Like Peyton Manning's first, Patriots. Peyton Manning's Peyton first Manning. Super Bowl yeah. was with the Colts. Now he, he went again. Aaron Rodgers drafted like Ben Ben Roethlisberger. All these like to it feels like really finding a truly generational like long term talent is through the draft. It's like very hard. To find that just like in free agency, like that doesn't exist in free agency. Because if yeah, well, because if you have a good quarterback, you're not letting them leave. You're going to no. hold on to them. The only time it's happening is like a guy like Brady or Manning, where it's at the end of their well, career. Yeah. And, and yeah. they got like Broncos kind of got lucky with Manning because the Colts cut him because of the whole neck injury the stuff. Neck they injury, weren't sure. Yeah. yeah, and they drafted Andrew Luck, so it all worked out. So he, you had the Peyton Manning sweepstakes going on, you know, and yeah. they just were able to grab him. But that's you know you can't bank on that. You yeah. that's two times that is almost pure luck in a way, you know? Yeah. But I think that's something maybe like, I feel like Rogers still has a lot of good football left in him, to be honest. Like he won MVP. He just won MVP. Back to back, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's been announced, but he's the heavy, like minus 450 Vegas favorite. It's about shut down. Where are they thinking he might go? Like, odds I feel like st- I've heard Steelers. Denver, I've heard uh, some noise yeah, as well, because that was last year. Well, it there's was... a possibility Denver gets like him and Devontae. Like, well, they yeah, do a little because they want to play. I think Rodgers wants to play with Devontae Adams. Like, the Packers are still sealed. on the table. Yeah, it was almost sealed last year that Rodgers was going to Denver and they were flipping the whole script and going. And then everything gets shut down last minute. He sticks around with Green Bay one more year. Um, yep. It's going to be really interesting to see kind of how this uh, story plays out. It's it, well, and so many people think about all the drama that ensued last year, but don't count the Packers out of just keeping Rodgers because I think Rodgers and yep. Lafleur get along all right. Yeah, this, no, it, he, it had to do with the whole. It isn't over of him potentially staying at the Packers. Yeah, the, the, what happened was, I mean, he he doesn't like all the front office guys or the guys up up top, you know, and everything, but, you know, maybe he rides it out and says, I want to keep playing with Devontae Adams in this team. And we just were the one seed. We got a shot to be good again and win another Super Bowl. So, but I could also see him meshing really well with a guy like Mike Tomlin, if he would decide to go to the Steelers. Yeah. All right. We, uh, if we're going to get Shump on, we should, we should get him on. Yeah. I just shot him a, a, a quick text here. Um, and yeah, like Will said in the beginning here, we've got a very special guest uh, about to join here now um, to give us some great insight into the Volunteers Athletic Program. Um, yeah, much better from, insight than we can deliver. From top to bottom, from top to bottom, because <laughs> I mean, the dude. A true is, insider. I mean, he's put in, the, he's put in the work. He's done everything. He's made it. On Twitter, he's got Vol Twitter behind him, which we know um, has serious power. It so does. he gets the media passes we wish for. Mr. Schumpert. Let's go, boys. How are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Mr. Oh, we're good, man. How are you doing, Ryan, man? What's going on? Not much. Doing well. After like three years of being on here every day, I started speaking on mute still. So I guess some things we never, <laughs> we never learned, but uh, doing well. Good deal, man. Good deal. So, Shump, tell us uh, what, what's going on with you just kind of with work and everything, just 
recently what have you been up to I guess yeah so uh working for rockytopinsider.com um there's two of us work there and we cover mostly the, the four main sports so basically full-time every basketball uh men's basketball football baseball game press conference and then uh Rick and I kind of split the lady ball stuff so he's actually at the game right now that's what I was checking with I nice. needed to figure out if I was gonna have to be uh that or not luckily I, I didn't have to go tonight so uh, basically doing those four and, and pretty heavy on the, the three besides women's basketball. Nice. Good deal, man. How are the Lady Vols this year? They've been really good. Like, they were seven. Holy surges, man. Yeah, they were like 18 and one. Yeah. And then I was. Auburn. You know, Fuck. Every, yeah. all, Auburn has that thing where they're like, oh, Bruce, like, we're not a basketball school. We're an everything school. And I started to anyone who would listen, I was ripping how stupid that was because they lost <laughs> in the Birmingham Bowl. Their baseball yeah. team finished 12th in the SEC, yeah. and their women's basketball team was last in the SEC. And then they were, the first, they were the first team to beat the Lady Vols in SEC play. Oh, no. And they're losing <laughs> to Arkansas right now. So uh, they're Gosh. on a little uh, – Hey, little Mike, Neighbors. Mike Neighbors is a good coach. We got a, we got a good coach in there, so I'm happy with the program. Good. They, there wouldn't really be much shame losing to them. There was some shame losing to losing to Auburn last week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chip. So give us a quick uh, rundown, just kind of the 30,000 foot view of kind of your journey to where you got to where you are now, I guess. Yeah. So it was kind of coming out of high school as uh, at least you will know. I don't know if Seth or Nick know. My dad's an accountant, both my brother, older brothers, both accounting. So kind of coming out of high school, didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, was ended up being between doing accounting. I was going to go to Sanford to do that, which is where my oldest brother went to school. Nice. Or I was going to – I did broadcasting in high school, uh, TV pro. I really enjoyed that. So I thought about getting into sports and toured UT, um, I guess, March of my senior year to communications school specifically. Decided nice. on that. Didn't really know what medium I was going to get into and then got started with the Daily Beacon school newspaper my, my first semester. So that kind of got me on the writing track, which I have really enjoyed. I hadn't done any of it before I got to college. But – I like that even more than, than TV and still do a little bit of TV stuff, still do a little bit of radio uh, here and there, but, but mostly writing. Nice. Good deal, man. Well, so Chef, I know, I know Trucial's got a couple questions uh, specifically about the Vols, but actually before we get into that, we've been talking, we tried to talk the conference championship since we've been on here, but we kept kind of going back to Titans talk. So real <laughs> quick, just give me, I think the glaring kind of uh, debate that's going on is the whole Tannehill situation. I just want to get your quick take on it. What you think about the Titans, like what they should do at QB. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there's really a realistic move to move on from Tannehill. This I, just, I just don't see how you do that. I don't see anyone's going to eat his contract in a trade. Obviously you just can't have that dead cap. So I think it kind of is what it is right now. You know, I was, I was always – I felt, like, pretty realistic about it. I didn't think Ryan Tannehill could win a Super Bowl with the Titans. I hoped he could get us to a Super Bowl. I thought he was good enough to win games in the playoffs. That, you know, that part – He did. He won, he won games right out of the gate. That's what it, – it, it, like, lured us in to, like, believing – like, he, he didn't have to do anything. We had, really, we had really good teams, and he won a couple games, and it was like, wow, Ryan Tannehill can win in the playoffs. And now – Yeah, Exactly. Like, he didn't do anything, like, have big numbers in those games, but he he didn't make mistakes. And I think when you come back to, like, yeah. this year, what was so frustrating about Tannehill 
It's like I'm not asking him to be a top ten, top eight oh, quarterback. One hundred percent. Just go out there and and don't lose games by turning the ball over. And there and were that's players. Exactly what he did. Yeah. Or just yeah, turn it over once, or even yeah. twice. Yeah, don't, don't turn, turn it three times. times. You can't do that. But you gotta put oh. some of that on Downing, man. I mean, you saw the right. the Bengals first play of the game, bro. They were so over. They were so well prepared. They were so prepared. I mean, for you us. saw Mike Hilton mic'd up on the Bengals sideline. They knew so, that bubble yeah. screen was coming. I knew it was coming. I said, we are doing a play-action fake the whole way over the middle. Like, if I'm calling it from my couch, we're screwed. If I'm calling it from my couch, there's no chance the Bengals don't know what we're running. Well, to me, so it, it kind of reminds me of, of the Mariota syndrome I got into originally was Mariota has that awesome, I think it was his second year where he really kind of lit up the statue and you're like, okay, this is the quarterback of the future. This guy's going to be really good. Him and Derek Carr, everyone were talking about them being the future yep. of the NFL. Yep. Same thing now with Tannehill. I've seen him. I saw him lead the number one offense in the NFL with Arthur Smith, and I saw him get to an AFC championship. So I feel like there's a lot of fans stuck in that Tannehill-Stockholm syndrome kind of. But is so, that so bad? I mean, is it no. still so bad? Like, I don't know. Oh, that's what sucks so bad is because the Titans were so awful and, like, went through so much just I mean, you talk about the Jake Locker years, the Ken Wilson Hunt years. The Munchak years, the Malarkey years. I mean, we can – and it was like with Tannehill, like the one thing, because people would always say he has Derrick Henry and obviously the play action yep. set up perfectly. But Tannehill had so many game-winning, game-tying drives yes. over the last three years. People knew we were going to pass the ball. And he was still – it wasn't like he was Patrick Mahomes out there, but he was methodical. He made the right decisions. He got the ball in the right place. And that's what I think makes, you know, a lot of this year so so confusing. Yeah. But, I mean – Let's be honest. A few, his very first and his very last throw of the of the playoff game were interceptions. So that's terrible, right? You, like you can't have that, obviously. But say he wins, like we didn't need that much to win that game. Like say we win it, no, and then he goes to another the rushing yards. We still Those could, are the he, only two statements I need to say. You can't find another NFL game <laughs> of a, a team that had 150 rushing yards and nine sacks, and they lost. Uh, that is true. We I mean, did put together. We oh, did put together an amazing team in Ryan Tannehill. Like we hand gifted a quarterback a win, and Ryan Tannehill blew it. Like he did blow it. You could, you could like uh, see the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs losing is different because so much of their team is Mahomes. So like they go as he goes. Like we literally yeah. just gift wrapped. We we had it just perfectly packaged for any quarterback to take it. Jeff Simmons, yeah, we don't. Jeffrey Simmons. Bow, like uh, bow on top of the present, handed it to Tannehill. The dude had three sacks, was getting after Burrow like crazy. The D line was rocking. Dude, the D line would have like ate Mahomes up yesterday too. I'm serious. Like oh they were God, ready they to just eat his lunch. Well, here's were... the thing. Here's the thing. It's like the Chiefs live and die by Mahomes. The Titans can only die by Tannehill. Like they can live a lot of other ways. We can live That's a lot really of other ways without it. Tannehill, but. The rest of our contracts worked out that way. And I mean, like we've always talked about, it's so tough to get the right quarterback, the right coaching staff, the right offensive and defensive coordinator, the right play calling, and have all those things go right for you. Because it doesn't, it, it does take a little bit of luck to win a Super Bowl. 
but everything's got to go right. Yeah. It, it seemed like everything was going right for the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It yeah. seemed Actually, like yeah. everything was going right. Uh, yeah. So it didn't. Chump, let's talk uh, hoops. I want to I wanna, yeah. uh, talk about Chump. SEC basketball right now. Um, What's your major storyline so far? So, Peter, listeners, I want to give you a little bit of background here. Um, Shump was already talking about very involved with the basketball team. Um, but we've had some naysayers about Rick Barnes here, in which, Shump, I'm, I'm sure you've got uh, plenty of opinions about. But uh, a lot of uh, t- involved Twitter is ready to cut off Rick Barnes. And obviously with how Bruce Pearl has done with Auburn, I think that has played a lot into Vol Twitter being pissed off about our basketball program. Uh, but Sean Pierre is very close, so I'll go ahead and give him the floor here. Just kind of want to hear an overall uh, pulse on where we're at and then uh, kind of what are the next steps here as we're going to be losing Kenny Chandler next year, most likely. He's going to get drafted. Um Falkerson's going to be gone. He hasn't been the biggest um, kind of impact on the floor this year, but still he's uh, got a lot of leadership. So, Sean, why don't you kind of just walk us through what you've seen this year um, and where we're headed next? Yeah, I think uh, overall, when I look at this Tennessee team coming into the year, I thought they would get a good bit better offensively, and I thought they would take a step back defensively. And I do think they're better offensively, but certainly still remarkably inconsistent. I mean, Tennessee, uh, the Florida game last week, was the best game it's played in SEC playing the offensive side of the ball. They still had two media full between two media timeouts, so they didn't score. And they had a third one that they got an and one into the media timeout. It's it's a team that's just remarkable. I mean, they had seven straight possessions where they turned it over in that game. Five minutes, <laughs> two five minute scoring droughts. And then at different times, you know, they have th- the three guards. Uh, Santiago Vescovi, I think, has been the most consistent player on the team. Probably the best player when you look at offensive defense. Bye-bye. And then Kennedy Chandler and Zakai Ziegler, the talent's there, the flashes there. And when those three guys play well, you saw it in the North Carolina game, you saw it in the Florida game. I mean, Tennessee's offense has the potential because guards more than anything drive the offense. And those three guys, I think, have high ceilings. Now the two freshmen just don't have the consistency, which that's to be expected, especially with Ziegler, a guy that was just a junior in high school, reclassified, didn't arrive yeah. on Tennessee's campus until after, after the fall semester began. But and on the flip side of it, Tennessee's defense – they haven't taken a step back, and I, I can't explain it. You lose Eves Pons, who was one of the best defenders in the SEC, Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer, two freak athletic wings. And Tennessee, without a guy that you look at on the inside the ball, and you're like, wow, he's, he's a really, really good defender. They've been just as good. They're fifth in Ken Palm right now, uh, yeah. adjusted defensive efficiency. I believe they finished fourth last year, right around wow. in the same spot. And that's right now is keeping them in games. They can At home, they can beat anybody because their defense is good enough. And on the road, uh, their offense really, really struggles, but against average teams, uh, against pretty good teams, more times than not, the defense keeps them in the game and gives them a chance. And what do you kind of think is the the next move there? Obviously, we're looking for uh, recruits and trying to bolster the team, but it kind of seems like a, a similar common theme for Rick Barnes. I mean, I, I hate to talk about it here, but the second round exits with Grant. Do you Wade hate to talk about it yet? <laughs> Seems like, you're itching, seems like you're itching to get Barnes out of there. What, what's the deal? I mean, I hate to talk about it because I don't want to be one of those uh, stupid Tennessee fans that is uh, has so much recency bias that 
we hop on Barnes. Let's not forget where we were before Barnes got here. And let's not forget that we've been perennially ranked in the top 25 preseason just because of the recruiting classes and uh, talent that Barnes has brought here. But if he can't win a national championship with Kevin Durant, LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, TJ Ford, DJ Augustine. I mean, you list off these NBA players that he had at Texas. Then you can go and say the same thing about Admiral Schofield, uh, Jordan Bowen, Kyle Alexander, Grant Williams. That's four NBA starters, or no, four starters, excuse me, not four NBA starters, but four starters who would go on to play in the NBA. I mean, that, that team should have been incredible. And there was they actually things I mean, they were hard. really good. <laughs> yeah, we should have got jobbed. We should have lost in is what I'm saying. Um, yeah. and I, I just kind of want to hear from Shump a little bit. We got a lot of the naysayers. I'm not saying I'm out on Barnes yet or anything like that, but there's certainly an argument and a side to saying he might not be the answer. Yeah, no, I think I think there's there's so much the divisiveness on the issue. And Nick, you're right. It's hard to criticize Barnes without being kind of thrown in the crazy camps. I mean, I had some mm-hmm. someone tweeting at me uh, Sunday after the Texas game that was comparing Barnes to Derek Dooley. And, I'm yeah, sorry. Dooley was, I mean, that, that is ridiculous. Dooley is an idiot. Like, yeah. and no, it should not even be held in the same class as Rick Barnes. Yeah, and, and, and you're right. But there is there is both sides to it. And I think Rick Barnes has done a good job at Tennessee in – you know, I'm, you know, the Tennessee fan in me speaking out here. I think Tennessee is a basketball program that now they haven't always done it traditionally, but I think they're a program that should make the NCAA tournament every year. And every couple of years, they should be able to make a run to the second weekend. And if you look at the last 25 years since the turn of the century, Tennessee is a top 25 basketball program and the third best pro- program in the SEC behind Kentucky and Florida. Now, obviously, the SEC is better a now. It's a little shot right there. Well, I, yeah, I, it, 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 Arkansas-Arkansas-Arkansas-Arkansas-Arkansas-Arkansas-Arkansas-Arkansas-Arkansas-Arkansas-Arkansas-Arkansas-Arkansas-Arkansas-Arkansas-Arkansas-Arkans
but going back to, to Barnes and all that. So from the, the offset, he's getting Tennessee to the tournament most every year. Uh, he's doing a good job of that. And I think that's certainly step one. But to your point, there is stuff to be desired. The offense is stagnant just about besides that, that Grant Williams, Admiral Scope of the last year, Tennessee hasn't had a top 50 offense in Ken Palm one time. That was the only time they've had it. The NCAA tournament struggles are consistent. And that goes back to what, what happened at Texas too. And yeah. he, the second half of his tenure there, he only made one, uh, like I think it's the last nine years of a 17 year tenure. He only made the second week in the tournament once. And it is kind of funny. You look at how, he built the Texas program and a lot of the trajectory, very similar at Tennessee, not a ton of great recruits. You go on one really good run. They made it three out of four years to the second weekend. They had the final four team. And then like the next three years after that, they have LaMarcus Aldridge, Kevin Durant, DJ Augustine, PJ Tucker. You can tell they're recruiting boom. And they got back a few times, but it never really captivated the way they did in that kind of first Barnes group at Texas. And then from there, it was when it, after those guys left is when the decline really started. So I think there is reason for there be more to be desired. I think it's hard to feel confident. He's going to get Tennessee back to the second weekend, not to say that it, do, it won't happen, but with all that being said, you certainly aren't pushing out a coach uh, quickly that. No, is I mean, there's the no option year. right now. Really? Well, I was gonna, like, can, can you kind of appreciate him as a true like program stabilizer like really have putting Tennessee on like a really, like we talked about Titans foundation earlier. Like he does kind of seem like he is putting Tennessee on a level where, you know, the next guy is going to come in probably and have the opportunity to have success. Willie, Willie or Willie not, you know, that's to be seen, but he does seem like he has put Tennessee on a constant, just like he, and he is. Cause we think about it. They went through some just turbulence. Like they had some good teams, but just turbulence with, you know, think about a guy like Donnie Tindall coming in yep. there. Like, well, random, like Conzo in and out, like, like just like a, just up and down. He's been like a constant and a good force, like a constant like, and done some really good things. But that's well, exactly. frustrating too. Exactly. Yeah, my... Go, Go ahead, Trump. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say exactly. And the the play the program was in a bad spot coming in uh, after Conzo's last team made the Sweet Sixteen, but just about everybody that contributed left after that year, and obviously he went out the cow when everybody else left and. Tyndall immediately NCAA sanctioned. So you're coming, uh, he's coming in in a five-year period where Tennessee's had two coaches in trouble with the NCAA and he does everything the right way. He's not, the NCAA is not sniffing around the program. He's keeping his ducks in a row. And, and you're right. I think that's maybe the consistency and the stability is the best part about it. And I think that when he, and the fact that he's at, this is going to be the last stop of his career. So he's not like he's, wants to be Tennessee's coach for 10 more years. You're looking at a situation where he's going to, he probably wants to coach three to five more years. And, and I don't, you know, I think Danny White at all times, all coach, all athletic directors probably should have that list of guys. that yep. they're yeah, I was going to ask go your after. list. I was going to, I was going to see who's like, who would be dream guy. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I don't even know dream guy is such a hard thing. Cause not many yeah. college basketball yeah. coaches really leave from big jobs, to go to yeah, another one. Don't. I think Steve Forbes is a guy at Wake Forest. You look at, he was with, Bruce Pearl as an assistant coach and then was at ETSU on that those teams that they had they were real good they had the team that it's going to be like an 11-12 seed in the tournament a few years ago when, when COVID canceled it and now he's Wake's doing real well this year they're supposed to make the tournament his second year he's kind of the one guy that stands out just because he has that Tennessee tie and he's at a big job that's not big enough that you would think Tennessee couldn't maybe you know give him a big contract and get him to come but I think it's it's more Danny White being ready for when the time comes and 
seeing, you know, having a list, having guys that he thinks are home run hires. And look, Danny White's made some really good basketball hires. He's the one that hired Nate Oates in Buffalo and yeah. kind of got him yeah. the start of his career. But yeah. what, it, with, with all that being said, it's just such – it's the same with any hiring, but college basketball hiring, it's just so hard to know what's going to work and what's not. Chris Mack could not have looked like more of a slam dunk hire at Louisville. I mean, he was fantastic as Xavier, had them in the NCAA tournament, I think nine of his ten years there two in one seed, two of his last three years. And he flames out after three years it, that with is, that. Yeah. And when you have a guy that gets you in the tournament every single year at a school, that's not the Kentucky, a Kansas, a Duke. I think it's foolish to run him off, but at the same time, I get why there is frustration. And to Nick's point, you know, it's hard to feel bad for someone who's making $5 million a year, which I think is also a reason Barnes gets a lot of criticism is he makes so much hey, money. You deserve you, you're a, that you invite that criticism. And I think, you know, you do. Yeah, you I'm inviting that much on. You're top of line NCAA coach. We're not even talking just SEC. We're talking full NCAA getting paid. Yeah. One of the top coaches. Yep. I mean, got to demand a lot. Would, it, like, yeah. Expect it, a lot. And you're in the NCAA. Great. I think it's not, your recruiting hasn't been a problem at all. I mean, he's recruiting. No, fantastic. our recruiting's been incredible. Yeah. It's no. been incredible, and it's been the development that has uh, kind of been frustrating, especially talking with uh, the last loss to Texas here. Uh, you see Kennedy Chandler not seeing the floor in the last five minutes, and, yeah, you go with the hot hand. You go with Sakai Ziegler, who has played out of his mind. It's been awesome to watch, but it's also you can kind of take it a little bit Man, I wish Kenny Chandler was out there. He's as good as a point guard and anybody else in the country right now, and we should be developing him and moving him forward, and it just sucks to see uh, him not kind of performing up to what we uh, expected and what we dreamed out of this team of Kenny Chandler just being that pass first point guard that is so good at uh, just creating plays for others and then – Fulkerson has kind of taken a step back that you expect yeah, him has. to take a step forward yeah. to be that scorer. And um, I mean, it's just, it, it hasn't linked together the way you thought it would uh, to win a national championship. Cause like Ryan was saying, it's so hard uh, to kind of get in that tournament in the first place. And then to make a run is, I mean, you look at Oregon state last year, a team that is so bad this year, so bad last year, makes a run in the tournament, just gets hot from three, and then it ends up making the elite eight. Like, it's, it's just crazy. That's why college basketball is so much fun. Yeah, and that's Life the thing. Is, like, you can, get, you can get hot and make a run in the tournament. But I think – I'm going to give my take on Rick Barnes real quick. I think, first of all, you look at this roster, everyone, beginning of the season, you got some exciting players in there, right? You got Chandler and everything. But I, I think – People were almost kind of expecting a little inconsistency. You had a lot of different players leave. Like you said, Fulkerson hasn't been what kind of people were hoping he'd be coming back for his sixth year. I think for me, like the ceiling of this team is a sweet 16. Maybe. Like, I, I don't know. I think I would be really happy with a sweet 16. Yeah. Ceiling, um, I, I agree. Ceiling is as high as you can get, man. We got Okay, whatever. But anyway, so – Ceiling's uh, always, ceiling's always. Yeah, ceiling can be what I guess. But anyway, this, if we get in the tournament, we can win. I mean, yeah, whatever, whatever. No, I. But I would be shocked. Like, if if they went to the Sweet Sixteen, I think this entire fan base should be pretty happy because. But the problem is, right? You have a team with Jordan Bone, Grant Admiral. That that was what they did. Is they went to the Sweet Sixteen. And you're thinking, okay, this should be a national championship team. I I understand that, right? But 
what I'm thinking too is I think Tennessee's expectations, like they want to put their football expectations into their basketball program. You have a basketball program that the best you've ever done is a bucket away from a final four back when they lost to Michigan state by one, I think in the elite eight uh, with Pearl back in those days. So, and then you look at, they mentioned this in the Texas game the other night, since Rick Barnes left Texas, they haven't done anything. I don't think they've won a tournament game, right? No, they haven't. No. Yeah. So, I mean, be kind of like, yeah, you may not be getting to a final four. Like you want to make that jump, but at the same time, you know, Ryan, like you said, Barnes, he's going to be here for three, four, maybe five more years. He's going to keep you in that kind of stable position. There's not anyone, there's not a dream guy really that you think you can go out and get. I think you just kind of ride with him and be a good program. And hey, maybe you get lucky one year and go to the Elite Eight or go to the Final Four. He's going to have good players. Yeah, he's going to have good players. Like he put you in a spot where you can make a run. I mean, that's hopefully he does it. Like he's just not, he hasn't quite happened in a while, but. Yeah, well, I mean, I get that stigma, but it could happen. It could still happen. They could pop this year. They could get in and have a great yeah, tournament this year. And I just – that's why I can't get behind people who are calling to fire him because I'm like, I don't – like, are you just assuming we're going to be better right away? Like, yeah. I don't, you can't I, fire him. He can't. I mean, no. the best-case scenario in my book is Rick retires the next year or two. Kim English leaves uh, George Mason and then comes back and – I'm a big Kim English guy, so maybe I'm a little biased. I was going to throw his name out there, but I don't know too much. But I knew I I figured he might be around sometime in the future. Yeah, he 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 is a really smart guy, and impressed you know spending some time around him the last few years when he was at Tennessee. And I think the thing that will be interesting to look at him is he's a guy that grew up in Maryland. I know Maryland's been a dream job for him. That's open right now. Now, does one year of head coaching experience is that enough for Maryland to take a chance on him? Obviously, he's a Missouri grad things with Conzo, I don't think he's necessarily this is going to be his last year, but it does seem like things are trending, yeah, trending he, towards the end for Conzo. He, he's a, he's a, well, that's kind of, yeah, I could see him at Missouri. Conzo's trending out. I mean, he, he, Conzo's flame tends to burn out places. I think it's it's not looking great in Missouri right now. I think this is like his, they need to get past this year, and I think there's a really big drop in his buyout. Because you remember, he think Missouri gave him a massive, massive deal. Bag he he, he rolled like that a sweet 16 at, at Tennessee to a bag at Missouri. He yeah. was get, he was getting thrown out of Tennessee, and he and Missouri accepted him. That's funny. Did he go somewhere? Did he stop somewhere? No, he left. Well, he left Tennessee. Was he a to cow? He went to cow. cow. Yeah, yeah, I was he was like, he didn't run him out. Like cow. He underperformed with the roster and then, like, left us to go to Cal. Ivan Rabb and Jalen Brown. He got two five-stars to Cal. I picked the upset, the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors over them in the first round of the tournament that year, I believe, a 4-13 game. But uh, I think he spent, like, three years there. And Yeah. I don't don't mean to turn this into a bash Conzo session, but much like how he left Tennessee, (laughs) he did not leave that Cal program in a a very good state. Better than he found it. Exactly. That's a um, sign of a coach. That's a true sign of a coach. And that's why you, that's why you point to – we talk about Rick Barnes. That's kind of why we yeah, point – we're still on the good side of Rick Barnes. Because, like, well, you know, the, if he left right now, like, if, if he just up and left right now, you'd be like, well, program's, you know, pretty good spot. All right, uh, Shump, so we got kind of one more quick topic slash question we'll throw at you. So I know you've been covering a lot of all baseball uh, the past couple of years. And a lot of people, you know, the past year or two since Vitello's been kind of turning that program around – 
I'm a huge college baseball fan now. Like I'm excited for college baseball to start. So give us a quick kind of rundown, quick preview of what Vol baseball might look like this year, what you can expect, and maybe just SEC baseball as a whole as well. SEC baseball is always going to be incredible. I mean, there's – I mean, the SEC is amazing. It it feels like so many sports. But, I mean, I think baseball baseball and softball, I would even give the nod above football as the conference's two best. I mean, when you look at the top five, like last year, there were – multiple weeks in the season where the top five was all SEC teams and and the Mississippi schools will be good again Arkansas will obviously be be really good Vanderbilt as always good and in SEC East I think that's where it kind of gets interesting is after after uh, Vanderbilt because Florida was preseason number one last year and really underachieved really all season eventually got bounced in their own regional like in two three games and what was just a sad like they had nobody uh, oh it's ugly it was sad yeah Mm. So I think Tennessee's kind of in that next group. Uh, Georgia should be better this year. They just barely missed the tournament last year, but generally they've been good with the coach they have there now. South Carolina, I think, is going to take a step back. So I kind of think Tennessee, Florida, Georgia are going to be competing in that next group in the East behind Vandy. Tennessee lost a ton of guys off last year's team. Their whole starting infield, uh, besides their first baseman, who was probably their worst starter in the infield, is gone. Um, The pitching is what I thought was going to be able to carry them. And they're right around the 20 mark in the preseason. I thought that was probably a little low for them. The pitching I thought was going to be really good. They lost their their Friday night ace, Chad Dallas, who who was really good. And they lost Sean Hundley, who was kind of their go-to guy uh, in the bullpen, kind of a, ke- a lesser version of Kevin Copps. He didn't quite do what Kevin Copps did. But <laughs> he was the guy that was going to throw four weekends or four innings a weekend out of the bullpen. Uh, so they lost those two guys. But they had everybody else back. Uh, they added two transfers, Chase Dolander from Georgia Southern, who they got over Arkansas in TCU, two big-time programs. And then they got uh, Seth Halverson, Missouri's Friday night ace. Um, he transferred to Tennessee. So nice. you felt really good about the pitching. They've had some brutal injury luck there. Blade Tidwell is a Friday night starter. He's having some shoulder stiffness. He's out for a while indefinitely is what they're saying. Who you talk to, you kind of hear different things. But it's it's going to be tentative on him coming back really at any point this season. Halverson has a, an elbow injury, too. It's not supposed to be super, super serious. But he'll probably won't be back till. SEC play, those two guys I think were big losses. But coming in, they got Ethan Smith, uh, another transfer from Vanderbilt, just committed um, a couple hours ago. I'm assuming he'd been on Tennessee's campus uh, before that. I sent some text out right before I got on the call uh, with you guys. So kind of trying to wait to hear from that. But he was a guy that wasn't one of Andy's go-to guys, but was like a sub-3 ERA in three seasons, I think 6-0 and record, threw a good number of innings. And Frank take Anderson, that. I think – You take those guys – you do. You do. And I think Frank Anderson is Tony Vitello's secret weapon, the Tennessee's pitching coach, a guy that's been in his, in his 60s now, an older guy, and he's just really, really good. And I think uh, Tennessee's pitching is going to be really solid with him. And I think the lineup is probably going to take some time. There are some uh, Jordan Becks, a preseason All-American guy on a few sites. Drew Gilbert's obviously the wild man. He's known for his about 45-second trot around the bases after he hit that walk off against Wright State. He, awesome. he still may be running around the bases, honestly. We, we're not sure. <laughs> Kyle Booker is, I think, going to start in left field. He's a guy who was a freshman last year from Memphis, and I think he's going to be the breakout star on this year's team. But a lot of new pieces uh, in the lineup that I think will probably take some time to get going. I thought the pitching staff was going to be able to carry them really well to kind of a fringe top 10 before the injuries. Now I probably feel like that you know 20 overall ranking is probably about where they should be. But they should have a good team. Uh, I don't know if they'll be – right at, you know, as good as they were last year, where they, I think, finished, what, a game, two games behind Arkansas in the SEC standings, yep. won the East, 
So, I, you know, it's so hard to get in that top group. That's not even supposed to, you know, be a knock on Tennessee. But right. uh, they should have a good team again. Should be back uh, in the NCAA tournament. Should have a good chance to host a regional again. And what you host, get, get into that. Hosting a regional, if that's where you need to be, that's that's a good spot. That's what I was about to say. Hosting a regional and just coming from experience of being in Knoxville uh, or at least uh, traveling around uh, a lot around Knoxville during that time when Tennessee obviously went on the run um, last year and seeing them beat LSU and seeing uh, them beat some of those top programs. Um, I mean, if all baseball gets to where it's looking like right now, I'm telling you, seriously, I, I can't wait for baseball season. And yeah, I think a lot I mean, of Tennessee fans are Will, the same you, way. You and I were there for that uh, LSU, for the LSU game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the, the watch party outside of Lindsey Nelson. Um, Lindsey Nelson was full. Every single spot around the stadium was full. Uh, you get, you give this fan base something to cheer about and we're there. So, people love winning. People yeah, love yeah. winning, especially <laughs> programs that have been kind of traditionally – not to hate on, but Arkansas and Tennessee There's ain't no won hate. much. Tennessee, Tennessee baseball – ain't won much. And so, like, I've yeah. seen that as a student here. Like, we went 2-10 and 10 in football, but our fans are hungry for baseball season because we're a top-five team or we're – right. and, and right. so they feed off. Like, it's like, man, well, we, we love this. And, and part of it comes from, you know – Arkansas doesn't have much professional stuff around. Like, I mean, your closest things are maybe three and a half at Kansas City, but like the Razorbacks are a professional team. Like they are, they are, you know, the fans year round. So Razorback baseball is like, that's your best minor league baseball in town. Like, I mean, in, in anywhere you can find. So they, they, they run to it. And the year over year success uh, builds, it just builds and it builds, man. People love winning. They'll come watch if you're winning and putting a fun product. And who? Baseball is so fun in the South. If it's a Friday Friday night, Saturday afternoon, and you're just out at a baseball game chilling. Just going out to the ball game. Yeah. Get yourself a couple of dogs, a couple of tall Dude. boys. I mean, I there's, no, yeah. there's no – It really doesn't get much better. It really like doesn't. The, at Arkansas, <laughs> you can just bring in a cooler. Like, you can just bring in your cooler to the pog pen. That's why, yeah, see, that's that's why, why it got so Tennessy's popular. Got a, that's why it got yeah, popular. You just go there. Ole Miss and Arkansas and a lot of these teams well, have the opportunity to bring in their coolers and have the student section. Open it up. Well, the problem so is it's not, so not going to happen anymore, though, because they're selling beer in the stadiums now. That's so they're not yeah, cheap beer, though. Dude, sell – I want one or two dollars beers at the stadiums. Let's go. Like, some $2 Get some $2 PBRs. Yeah. Go balls, man. Let's go. <laughs> Seventh inning stretch. No, but yeah, Shump, I mean, have you seen around Knoxville? I mean, we, we just kind of touched on it, but like I'm saying, I, I think it's exciting to see. Do, do you feel like there are people like, hey, let's, I can't wait for baseball season to get started, especially with, you know, basketball, like we said, is inconsistent. I think there's people who are already like, all right, uh, I don't know if basketball's going to be that good, but I'm excited for baseball season and, with all the new stadium renovations happening and everything, uh, actually, talk. Yeah, what about the new stadium renovations? Are those going to be ready pretty soon? Or yeah, so this year they not the big stuff this year. Basically, okay. they've gone ahead and they've double decked the porches out in left field. Um, so they that's looks done. I was at the practice last week and it looked done at least. You know, I couldn't tell 100, percent but that and then they're bringing in they had like 300 temporary seats for the NCAA tournament last year they're supposed to bring in like a bigger one it's like 500 down the left field line but 
the long-term plans, they haven't had any of that approved. I think there's from talking to people around it, just a lot of red tape with it. Um, but I, I think what it's going to be, they're going to extend uh, the seating down the left field line all the way. They're going to build uh, some luxury seating kind of at the top of that, kind of like where the right field line, the coaches' offices are. I think mm -hmm. they're going to do something kind of similar uh, to that down the left field line with um, premium seating. And then the stuff in the outfield, I think, is going to be what's going to be interesting because I think Vitello wants to do some stuff, expand it out there, but how Todd Helton Road runs right behind it. I, I, I would think they would have to get rid of Todd Helton Road or, you know, right. redirect it to make that happen. So I think that's going to be the thing that's interesting there. And then on your question about fan excitement, I mean, it's, it's, um, no, it's unbelievable. Like night and day. I mean, this every day, I, I can't get on Twitter without seeing a 20 days until Tennessee baseball, 19 days. There's Tennessee baseball fan accounts now. I mean, none of this stuff was a thing when I started covering in my freshman yeah. year. So, so it's like you're going to have Lindsey Nelson. You're going to have a regular season. Like, reg, I assume that first game, regular season game, is going to be close to packed. Do you think so, or am I am – I, I think weather will be the big the – big It's still cold. When, when baseball yeah. starts, it is freezing. Yeah, it's still cold. Yeah. If it's a nice day, though, I, I think you will have, you know, near probably not an actual announced sellout, but near a sellout. You know? Right. And these midweek games in preseason, like – I bet there have been my that first year, which was Vitello's second year, and you know they they made it in the NCAA tournament that year. They weren't nearly as good as they were last year. I bet there were five midweek baseball games where I could account the number of people in the stands and you know under twenty, like yeah. no one there, no one there. So it's night and day. And I think you made the good point that last season came at such a good time for the you know, like Seth said, everyone loves a winner and. Tennessee football was an unmitigated disaster, dumpster fire, everything you could say about it. That's what Tennessee – everything bad you could say about the 2020 Tennessee football season, that's what it was. Basketball was picked to win the SEC preseason, climbed as high as number six in the polls in early January, flamed out horribly. People were ready for a winner, and one, they got a winner. Two, Tony Vitello is, has the most infectious personality of yeah. anyone on Tennessee's campus. And Tennessee's future Razorback coach, Tony Vitello. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, Tennessee's, and Tennessee's team, like, embraced the – kind of embraced the mindset of ball Twitter of you know, we don't care who doesn't like us. We're going to be irrational. We're going to be angry. We're going to be – going to be petty. We're going to be petty. And that's yeah. exactly what Tennessee's <laughs> team – I mean, at one of these midweek games, Tennessee's – baseball team home run celebration was given a McDonald's bag that a guy with a home run making fun yeah. of the football team. I mean, that says all you need to know Jerry about the attitude. <laughs> yeah, that says all you need to know about the attitude that, that that baseball team has. And that comes straight from Tony Vitello himself. So I have no reason to think that doesn't change. Obviously, there was a big scare about him uh, going to LSU yeah. at the end of last season. Locked you would think up. surviving that uh, for a while, he's going to be at Tennessee. And I he does. He genuinely loves Knoxville, and I think he loves the idea of being the guy at Tennessee. Because Tennessee baseball, at this point, yeah. If, if he if he really builds something, it's it's his build. I mean, oh like, yeah, it's all sustain, him. Like sustainable, and it'd be pretty impressive. He, he's going to get probably the commitment he wants, stadium wise, and that kind of stuff. Well, that's that, the thing. Going along with if you're a winner, like, well, hey, p people are kind of on the whole. Like boosters are a little bit on the hold of giving the football team money at this point because you have a lot of people saying. You know, we've been giving money over all these years and nothing's really happened. So maybe I'll just wait and see. But hey, look over here. We got a baseball team who's going to Omaha. I might throw a little money that way, make sure they, you know, they're taken care of and we can keep Tony V around and give him what he wants. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, this isn't 
exactly what you're talking about in the donations, but Larry Pratt, who's one of Tennessee's biggest donors, the basketball mm-hmm. facilities named after him, he gave $5 million to Lindsey Nelson Stadium renovations. So I think from the, the higher up, the higher boosters up, Vitello has his support. And I think if he gets what he wants, which is about stadium renovations, it's about getting his assistant coaches paid and keeping them happy. I think he's going to be at Tennessee a long time because as good as all these SEC baseball programs are, you know, he goes to LSU he's not going to be Skip Burtman. He, he can do great. He can win three national champions. He's not going to be Skip Burtman. He could go to Arkansas one day. He's not going to be Dave Van Horn. He's not the guy who made the program what it is. He has the chance to make Tennessee, Tennessee baseball, Tennessee baseball, because Tennessee baseball has been nothing outside That's of, his, you know, it's yeah, in his hands. They were good. It's a, it's yeah. clay in his hands right now. And he's doing, I mean, he's done fan, like he's already done fantastic. He's earned that right to kind of build that program. Absolutely. Right. And, and he has complete, he has complete faith in himself. He's SEC not, baseball is yeah. a beast, though, man. It is a it, is. it will eat you alive. It's tough. I mean, you look <laughs> at Florida, you look at Ole Miss, you look at Mississippi State, you look at Arkansas. I mean, South across Carolina. the board, hey, yeah, hey, South Carolina. Hey, you look hey, across the board, Vanderbilt. Hey, it's tough. Hey, South Carolina. Yeah, South Carolina's a one thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they have two national champions in the last eleven years, and I yeah. went to the series in Columbia last year, and I know. Goodness, Lindsay, every everywhere looks like a palace compared to Lindsay Nelson Stadium. But that stadium is so so nice, Founders Park, and it's you know they've 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 been kind of inexcusable in my opinion, inexcusably bad or inexcusably yeah, bad the last the last five years. And I think they under underachieved pretty good with the talent they had last year. I mean, they had more guys drafted in the first ten rounds of the MLB draft than Tennessee did, and obviously Tennessee had significantly more success yeah. than they did. Way man, that's coaching, man. That's believing yeah. in your coach. And baseball, dra- baseball drafts are kind of weird too, but, but yeah, so. that's true too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ke- you need to come up to ball. I do, and Ke- Kevin, I was going to say with that, Kevin did a point on baseball drafts. Kevin, you cannot convince me there was a better college baseball player last year than Kevin. There wasn't, was. and, no. and I, I'm assuming he didn't get drafted. Maybe he got drafted super low, um, but yeah, yeah he got no drafted, but yeah, not super high. Yeah, and no Tennessee Arkansas series this year, unfortunately. Oh, I was hoping. I was true. talking about that with someone last it. week, kind of. The, the rivalry we got going last year. It's a good that. rivalry. Yeah. It is. It, it is. It's, it's just uh, winning, does it? I mean, like, you know, having two successful. Like, and then you, ha- you then you have the coach dynamic definitely makes yeah. it pretty good. Yeah, that's true. Definitely. Arkansas and Tennessee are border states, man. Like, the campuses are a long way away, but we – hey, we, we – yeah, yeah so the, the, the cities are on the other side of the state. They are. They are. It's all connected to the pyramid out in Memphis, man. So yeah. it all it all hinges. The whole SEC hinges on the pyramid. It's all it's it's so it's what brings the beacon of Western civilization right there. Yeah. You know, especially the <laughs> yeah. more you add, like when you add A and M, Texas, and Oklahoma. I'm not even kidding. If you drew just like a lines to where the they met in the middle, I'm I'm pretty positive it's right over the pyramid. Like you drew lines from every campus. Pyramid. pyramid. That's where they should have the That's SC so basketball awesome. tournament. That's where the, the SC pyramid. basketball tournament should be, or in or in the forum. I don't really care. Like, I love it, it in that. Be in Memphis. It 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 would be cool if it was. It would hit hard in Memphis, and just like that's trolling Memphis so hard. If we had the SEC basketball <laughs> tournament in Memphis, because screw awesome. Penny, screw Penny, yeah. we need to troll yeah. him as hard as we can. The reason it'll never happen in Memphis is because it'll be too far for Kentucky fans. You got to keep the number one thing exactly. is keeping it in good driving distance, which I say that, that it's in Tampa this year. So that kind of oh. contradicting myself, yeah. but it's one in 12 years and in Nashville for eight and nine of the 12 years. And Tam- the other one's saying Hogs might win in Tampa. Drive. Hogs are hot in Tampa. 
We just won the Outback Bowl. I wouldn't actually count us out. Go. I don't know where we'll finish up. Probably top. If you can get that double buy, you're pretty good. You can make a run. Yeah, double yeah. buy. I think the only team that's won the SEC tournament since the league expanded to 14 that didn't have the double buy was Auburn when they – I don't even want to talk about that game. That When they destroyed oh, Tennessee. Yeah. And, they did. I mean, that was one of the best Tennessee basketball wins in my life the day, the day before Tennessee won oh. that incredible game against Kentucky, who kind of been their nemesis oh, all year. I was on the Both floor. Teams in the top five. <laughs> yeah. And I was then, on the floor. Yeah, flicking off uh, Tyler Hero with uh, Jack Hancock and Will Parker on the sideline wow. going crazy. <laughs> um, but, man, yeah, it, it did suck to just get that. We were down eight, what, with a minute 30 left and have that, incredible. Yeah, Grant, Grant Williams and one, which – he didn't get touched on. That was an unbelievably horribly officiated game. Tennessee got a <laughs> Tennessee got a good one there. Funny story about that or uh, about that season. Um, my brother went to my oldest brother Grant went to two games that year. Tennessee lost five games that season. Three of them were by one point, two points at the buzzer. They lost Kentucky at Rupp Arena is the number one team in the country by 18 points, and they lost in the SEC tournament championship game to Auburn by 20 points. And those were the two games that season my brother went to. <laughs> oh, thanks, Grant. And then he was he yeah. was in that he had driven up to Nashville for the Memphis game this year, I think, which would have been the first Tennessee basketball game he'd gone to since when God, his game got canceled. canceled. <laughs> he is. <laughs> He's cursed. That he is signs, cursed. man. That is the signs. Yeah. Oh. He's cursed. Gosh, that's wild. All right, well, Shump, uh, unless unless these guys have something else uh, to ask you about, I'm going to let you go. Thanks again for uh, coming on here. Hopefully we'll have you on again, especially with all the Tennessee sports stuff we like to talk about. Um, anything you want to throw in there? Where can, uh, parting, I guess, parting comments. Yeah, where, where can the listeners find all your the content oh, yeah. you're putting out, everything? Go ahead and throw some plugs in there. Yeah, so find me on Twitter at rshump00, R-S-C-H-U-M-P-0-0. And then uh, rockytopinsider.com uh, have – all my stuff there, plenty of uh, mostly basketball stuff right now, a little bit of football and probably be later this week, baseball. I'll, I'll probably get that stuff reared up as we're, I guess, two and a half weeks away from the season started. So appreciate you guys having me on. It was fun. Glad to come in here, talk balls anytime. And I I've enjoyed that Titans talking. You're going to have to get me back on for some Titans talk. Oh, actually, I can, yeah. I can let my true, like, un true unfeathered like fandom irrational, yeah. Yeah, irrational. You, hey, no, okay. Bef- hey, before you go, I do, uh, so you were watching the Titans game during yeah. a balls game, weren't you? How how are you handling that? Like, because well, I I can't when the Titans are playing, I really can't focus on anything. It was bad. I really can't. Especially so, in a close game like that, playoff yeah, like close playoff game. It was the so Titans game started, I guess, four thirty Eastern time, and then the balls game started at six Eastern time. So I got to the arena before four thirty. Like, not gonna try sit here watch an hour and a half of the game. So watched yeah. most of the first half, went, had it up on an iPad. But the problem is, you know, I'm on Twitter doing my job, and I follow so many Titans, you know, reporters. So just, I'm seeing everything on Twitter before I'm seeing crap. it. Yeah, so it, it, that wasn't very effective. Um, I ran back in at halftime in a Tennessee game to watch a little bit of it. That's when we got stopped on the fourth down play. We had the back-to-back plays, uh, ran the read option, oh, and then up the middle. Terrible. And then so I – Miserable. All, I was just following it. We knew we had the ball back, and when we hit the, you know, for the final drive, hit the under-16 timeout, got under-16 timeout tweet off, sprinted to the media room. First play I saw was the interception. Oh. Uh, 
interception, and I watched him. Oh. I, I stayed to see him throw the pass to Chase, and I mean, I think McPherson's so good. It, at that point, I knew it was over. And dude, that McPherson is automatic. He's so he, good. He's, he's got the biggest nuts in the SEC. Yeah. Dude's unreal. He's, Dude's unreal. He's incredible. A, a rookie. I mean, what did he hit? Eighty-five percent from uh, just about yeah, field goal this season. He's twelve for twelve in the playoffs. Yeah, twelve exactly. for twelve. Well, I remember watching that Kansas City Bengals game back in the regular season because you know if the Bengals won, yeah, I he was still the one seed. Yeah, was, and it, that was the was game where so I was like, "Oh wow, this guy's amazing!" And then <laughs> obviously watched the playoff. You know, the Oakland game he was really good in that game and knew he was not going to miss that kick. So. Yeah, I mean, well, he, he doesn't a kicker. miss. He doesn't yeah. miss, and that's why they've been talking so much crap. Would they take him in the fifth or sixth round? Yeah, they dra- I mean, they drafted him. I feel like. Yeah, but I mean, fifth, sixth round. If you get if weapon, you get, having a great. Kicker you trust is a weapon, man. In 15 years, if they're willing to pay him, he's in Cincinnati for the next 10 or 15 years for sure. And when you combine that with Joe Burrow and, like, you know your offense is going to be good, and when you get the kicker, like, that's that's just the ultimate, like, brutal in in anything, like any any football, you know, high school football, when you're playing a good offense and they get right on the edge of the field goal range and they can make the field goal, that's just, like, the most disheartening thing. 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Definitely. Well, yeah, Shum, thanks again for coming on. Uh, we'll be sure. We'll we'll talk to you soon. Get you back on here. Had a good time. Uh, yeah, this was yeah. awesome. Go Vols. Yeah, 100%, boys. Loved it. Balls right, and hogs, see- baby. Balls and hogs, unite. Good seeing you, boys. Nice. All right, guys. Yeah, listeners, thanks again. That was uh, Ryan Shumpert, in case you didn't know. Uh Kind of our Knoxville insider now. Maybe we can maybe we yeah, can just label him as a Pater kind of insider hey, for us. Wh- right, just right there, we we even expanded the SEC reach. We, yeah. we added Knoxville into the the equation. You just need to start bringing in someone from from every city real quick. Just a quick quick little insider. Yeah, we can get yeah. them on. People want to. Hey, we've everyone been doing wants some of these fan audience. profiles. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll kind of. I like it. It's like a hot those seat. a little bit deeper. Yeah, it's like a hot seat. You come in for five minutes and talk about your uh... – Yeah, but Shump was prepared, man. Oh, he's Shump, no, Shump's, a, Shump's a professional, I man. He's a pro. He's, he's he professional. gets paid. Yeah, he gets paid to do professional. That. Yeah. All right, guys. Y'all got anything else you want to throw in before we uh, close it out? Nah, yeah. man. I mean, we covered – Been on for a while. Football, basketball, baseball. We've uh, we've hit all the, the big stops. So, yeah, um, next next week we can kind of do our little Super Bowl preview, I guess. One thing, actually, I do want to say that – so everyone – you know everyone talks about making the Monday after the Super Bowl like a holiday or whatever? Should we be, haven't done 100%. It yet. Okay, but here's my thought. I was looking up the, the – uh, everything that kind of goes into President's Day – that's like the week, the Monday after, like a week after the Monday after the Super Bowl. And all it is, is it's co- kind of a day to celebrate like Washington's birthday and Lincoln's birthday. Well, Lincoln was born on the 12th. Washington was born on like the 22nd. So you could literally move President's Day like this year. It could you could move it to the 13th that Monday. I like it. Just make President's Day the day after, the after Super Just Bowl. make the Super Bowl on a Saturday. Just put the Super Bowl on Saturday. You're already given a weekend. You're already getting them another week, yeah. Yeah, just put on Saturday. I think, yeah, either make the Super Bowl on a Saturday or just move President's Day. It yeah, doesn't. I'm good like, with that. that I'm matter. good with moving President's Day. Yeah, if you're gonna I give just, us, a, I do want to be gonna off give the us day a after. Yeah, if you're gonna give us a Monday off, make it the day after the Super Bowl. Well, when the Titans play, I'll be taking a week off. 
Yeah. At least. When the Titans win the Super Bowl, I might go on a bender that lasts three months. Like, I'm not really even kidding. Like, I might just I might just go off the deep end. Celebrate. No, yeah, I'll probably just go to the parade. I'm ready, the I've been ready to go off the deep end. <laughs> it I'm happened. Like, the Titans got to win first. I yeah. can't just go. Like, I got to keep working until the Titans win. We need to all pool our money together and just bet the house on the Titans before the season starts. And then well, when maybe, they do maybe, win. Maybe, ne- maybe next year would be a good year to do it, honestly. Like, yeah. why not put together a little pot? Just, like, see, like, yeah. hey, we're all donating to the to the Titans yeah. Super Bowl fund, and then we're going to bet it at the beginning of the year, and then we're party with it afterwards. I like that. You and share the winnings. It's all even, though. I mean, it's the same as yeah, technically separate, you get you the just same do it together. Yeah. yeah, you just do yeah. it together. Yeah. Quick plug here at the uh, end. Um, Twin Spires came through with a big $250 free bet here uh, this weekend. Me and my roommate Pete Pearson got on it. I took the Rams at halftime plus 105. Got the 250 bucks. Let's go. Pete, Pete waited till they were down 10. Got them at plus 250 through the $250 free bet. Won 675 off Let's the Rams. Club. So I wanted to shout out Pete a little bit there. I was the actual person that placed the bet on his phone. So I will take uh, the units on my – I'll take the units, but he can have the money. So uh, huge win for the Rams. Uh, a lot of fun to look forward to in the Super Bowl. Bengals, Rams. I mean, that's what kind of America was asking for in the beginning. Just two random teams that nobody expected to be here right now. Um, man, I'm excited for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. too. I would say, I mean, the Rams, man, they did. They were like, we want to win a Super Bowl now. And they did it. They, did. they made they all the moves. LeBron they traded all their first round picks. Stafford, I mean, they went all in the right they way. Out. They sold out for it. And yeah. it's paying off. Well, yeah, hopefully, they'll love, love to see it. But yeah, guys, this has been real. I'm glad, Seth, I'm really glad we were able to get you back on. Hopefully, I mean, this might be kind of the format yeah, we keep, start going with. Yeah, I kind of like it. It's nice, you know. Yeah. It's a. Uh, I like to get involved. It, it it opens up a lot more opportunities for people to jump in and, you know, whether it's me or, or someone else and have, I don't know, you just get to be a little more flexible because, and I like seeing you guys. It's nice, you know, just see my friends. Yeah. Yeah, we had a good time tonight. It was fun. Fun uh, chopping up with you boys. It's what it's kind of supposed to be, you know, like just we're here. We're real sports fans. We actually do know what we're talking about, but we are also just talking. Like we are also just kind of yeah, we're not complete idiots. We're uh, a little bit of idiots as sports fans, but we do follow it a little bit here and have a little bit of insight. So hopefully you take something away from that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Uh, right, thanks again for thanks again for listening. Remember, uh, Paydirt Sports part of the Six Pack Coverage Network. Check them out, sixpackcoverage.com. They've got everything from fitness, food, travel, uh, sports, obviously, entertainment. Check them out. Check out us on uh, Twitter at Pater underscore sports. Check us out on Instagram at Pater sports and the website Pater sports.blog. We've had a lot of blog cogs coming through, so be sure to check. I got a long one. Hey, I got a long one. I haven't said it to you. Hogs and horns. It's a, it's a night to remember with Bosco. Hogs and horns. Old school uh, rivalry there. Yeah. I just did a journalist about the, about the the swag. Sweet. I'm excited for that. Yeah, guys. Uh, Like we said, thanks again for listening. We'll have plenty of content out. uh, And, yeah, we'll see you all next week. Peter out.